Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. This is Tim Anderson. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. We call this one, Take the Opportunity to Be a Toddler, Ask Why a Lot. If you've had kids, you've gone through the toddler stage with them. They're absolutely adorable, totally loving, and complete terrors. Since they have but a limited knowledge of how the world works, they tend to ask the question, why, a lot. Obviously, this aids them in garnering an understanding of their world as well as yours. Granted, we as the adults may not like the constant probing of the why questions. They usually ask it with a whine, which is probably the best way in the world to get on an adult's crap list. But that's just being a toddler, so we have to put up with it. Eventually, as they come to understand the world, they grow not to ask the why question so much. In a way, that's too bad. It's by asking that question, as well as others, but not taking a canned answer as a valid answer, that we come to understand the workings of the world around us. So, we need to consider going back to that toddler stage to ask the why question a lot, and then to hang around asking it until we get a credible answer. For example, to find the sales price of a property is not terribly difficult for a real estate appraiser to do. In disclosure states, the sales price is on the deed. In non-disclosure states, the sales price is typically available on MLS. Given this, that the property sold for X amount is generally available to us readily. However, what is not readily available to us about the sales price is why it's sold for that price. To answer that question, the appraiser cannot go to the deed since the state cannot tax the intent of the parties to the transaction. MLS may have no answer at all to that why question, part of the answer to it, or all of the answer, depending on what the broker wants to include. Yet, both Fannie Mae and USPAP expect the appraiser to verify the details of the sale. Fannie Mae even provides the appraiser with a list of parties with which the appraiser can carry out that verification process. That's in section B4-1.3-07 if you want to take a closer look at it. Per Fannie Mae, quote, data sources include but are not limited to MLS, deed records, tax records, realtors, builders, appraisers, appraisers' files, and other third-party sources and vendors, close quote. Fannie indicates valid verification sources include, but are not limited to, the buyer, seller, listing agent, selling agent, closing documents. Regardless of the sources used, there must be sufficient data to understand the conditions of sale, existence of financial concessions, physical characteristics of the subject, and whether it was an arm's-length transaction. It is in the verification process that the concept of toddlers and the why question come into play. We channel our inner toddler when we ask the why questions relative to the verification of comparable sales, rentals, listings, cost, and income data. As merely one example, consider these why questions. Why and how did the seller choose the original listing price? Why did the seller choose to come off the listing price? Were both parties working with a broker or legal counsel? If not, why not? Were both parties well-informed or well-advised about the purchase and sale process? If not, why not? 
As we all know from our experience in the real estate appraisal business, this list, which does not include every why question one could ask, could go on for a long time. The point is, as we ask the proper why questions and then get answers to them, we come to know what is going on within a neighborhood as well as what is going on with any one comparable sale. By definition, a sale is not a comparable sale unless it has the same highest and best use as the subject. It is difficult for the appraiser to ascertain the answer to this overall highest and best use question without asking a lot of why questions. Now let's get to some specifics on asking why questions, as well as the need to answer them with market data, not gut feelings or speculation. Take the typical appraisal report on a 1004 form. It asks the appraiser to present the subject's neighborhood boundaries. This is straightforward. In the vast majority of appraisal reports, the appraiser does a great job of describing those boundaries. There is likely a map in the report, too, showing the subject within these boundaries. Nevertheless, uniquely rare is the appraisal report that explains to the client or the reviewer or the intended user why and or how the appraiser chose those boundaries. But you say, there's no requirement in either USPAP or Fannie Mae that I'm supposed to explain them as part of filling out the 1004 form. I don't have to explain why or how I chose those boundaries. Really? First, in USPAP, go back to Standard Rule 1-3, which is the highest and best use standard rule. While there is no reason to quote it here at length, if you look at SR 1-3A, Roman numerals 1 through 5, You'll see the stuff you normally analyze as part of the neighborhood analysis on the 1004 form. Logic dictates there's no reason to analyze these data for the neighborhood in which the subject isn't, right? Therefore, to analyze these data points requires the appraiser to put them into a context, and that context is their neighborhood. A neighborhood has boundaries, does it not? Therefore, that's one answer to the question, why these neighborhood boundaries? When the appraiser delineates the subject's neighborhood boundaries, that isolation means that whatever influences value and marketability inside of them has a different effect on properties outside of those boundaries. Now, go to AO38 of the 2020-2021 USPAP, which covers the contents of an appraisal report versus those of a restricted appraisal report. Specifically, go to page 172 at line 87. It reads, quote, In most cases, the difference between an appraisal report and restricted appraisal report is whether the information must be summarized or whether it must be stated. Close quote. If there is a rule of thumb to follow to distinguish between the two, it is that merely the appraiser summarizes information in the appraisal report whereas the appraiser states information in the restricted appraisal report. Therefore, in an appraisal report, the appraiser summarizes the neighborhood boundaries by stating what they are, as well as why the appraiser chose them. On the other hand, in a restricted appraisal report, the appraiser needs merely to state the neighborhood's boundaries. For MusePAP, go to the Fannie Mae Selling Guide, section B4-1.3-03. This is the neighborhood section of the appraisal report, specifically the subsection called neighborhood analysis. In it, there is nothing declaring the appraiser must explain how or why he or she chose a neighborhood's boundaries. However, it does declare, quote, 
an appraiser performs a neighborhood analysis to identify the area that is subject to the same influences as the property being appraised based on the actions of buyers. The results of a neighborhood analysis enable the appraiser not only to identify the factors that influence the value of properties in the neighborhood, but also to define the area from which to select the market data needed to perform a sales comparison approach. Therefore, there is no requirement per se to describe why an appraiser chooses a specific set of boundaries. Yet, given the context and the entirety of this part of the Fannie Mae Selling Guide, does it make sense that an appraiser would go through all of these required analytical gyrations, yet still not know how or why he or she chose those boundaries? Note as well the salient difference between an appraisal report and a restricted appraisal report. An appraisal report contains a lot of summaries of who, what, where, when, why, and how. On the other hand, the restricted appraisal report contains a lot of bare statements that tend to omit these details, although the appraiser does maintain them in the work file. So, what's the takeaway? Insofar as it is possible for a lot of crusty old appraisers, we need to return to the toddler stage and ask why a lot, although we can omit the toddler's whine. And, just like a toddler, We need to keep asking why until we get the right answer, the credible answer, the answer that's worthy of our belief. Do you need help with an appraisal, a review, or a state charge against you? You're in the right place. Contact me, Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. You can get a hold of me at tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. We can get that problem solved. I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you. Until the next time, be safe, be well, hug your family, and know that I'm here to help you with all of your professional needs. Thanks so much, and we're clear.